One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports are important. There have been two major stories on the World Service agenda this week. The ongoing drama around last Sunday's Ireland Club final between Glenn and Chemical Croaks. Anti-Dublin bias is the biggest load of bollocks. There we are, there. <laughs> Number two is the Oscar nomination received by a member of the Murph household this week. Yes, you heard that second one correctly. John Murphy, brother of this guy. Uh, Faye Dunaway is the editor of Uncotly see it's, a, it's just a movie family yeah, steeped listen, in Hollywood we're steeped in it we really are <laughs> is the editor this is the natural end point of <laughs> our entire upbringing yes. of well to a, yeah, to a certain extent of Uncolleen Kuhn nominated for Best International Film at the Academy Awards <laughs> that's the Oscars I that's mean there's the Oscars. they go under two names one is the Oscars the other yeah. is the more formal title of the Academy Awards but be under no doubt whatsoever Owen this is the biggest <laughs> This is the biggest movie awards ceremony out there. Yeah, and some would say the best. Been going since 1927, no? Yeah, no. An uninterrupted run. Golden Globes, I mean. Come on, will you? Come on. So yeah, John Murphy uh, is is heavily involved in all this, and he's also a Man United fan, is therefore one step closer to seeing the end of a six-year trophy drought. Well, it's all coming up, John Murphy, this week. It really is. is. And you know, he's off the Anthony Alanga train. He's on the Fecundo Palestra <laughs> in a major, major way. Oh, he's all about it. He's all about Palestri. Uh, speaking of the Oscars, actually, yeah. Uh, oh, there was one little detail from Tuesday, from my day spent in Milltown on Tuesday, the day of the nominations, that I didn't bring. Oh, go for it! Listen, yes, this is only afterwards. I was thinking, Oscar, it's it's the Oscars. You can give yeah. the whole week to it if you want. So we went to we went to Sheridan to celebrate. Went for uh, dinner there with uh, Carl. Beautiful dinner, of course. Uh, call in. Call Sheridan. Uh, call in anytime you it's like as you're driving through Milton. He's just the owner of Sheridan's Bar on the top of the hill in Milton. Okay. And uh, so we were, uh, we sat there and we politely did not mention John's Oscar nomination just out of, you know, because like that's the Murphys. You know, yeah. we hide our light under a bushel, of course, you know. Mm, yeah. I wonder what you were doing out and about though in the first place. Dad's yeah. 75th birthday. Of oh, course. Very yeah, easy. Yeah, it was planned. It was very easy. Yeah, sure, sure. So we were, uh, so after that we went to uh, Ryan's just to buy it, just go and buy a pint of milk, you know. Mm-hmm. So Paul goes in and he, uh, my brother Paul, and uh, he goes in and there's two, uh, two of the Ryans are in there and another lady from the village as well. And the they all turn around and go, Paul, we heard the news about the movie. John had something to do, that, do with that, didn't he? And Paul was like, oh yeah, he directed it or something. I mean, listen, you know, he's in there. He's certainly in there, of course, you know. 
And then so the, the three women are talking to him for like five minutes about how great it is. And, oh, isn't it absolutely amazing? And tell him congratulations from everyone in Milltown. And well done again. Isn't it absolutely brilliant? And Paul was like, okay, fair enough. So he was, he was kind of half moving to the till just to, you know, get the transaction taken care of. But there was a big pause in the conversation. And then, <sighs> yeah. And then one of the women just said, God, that Banshee's finish Aaron was an awful pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two women started agreeing furiously with her. Oh, my God, which is uh, the greatest waste of time. Oh, absolutely useless. Oh, terrible now, terrible. <laughs> so I just, I love that. I am, just, a, I am in agreement with those women. <laughs> I just love how those women were going through the motions of congratulating a local lad done good yeah. through his brother when all they really wanted to talk about was how shite the Colin Farrell movie <laughs> they is just, well the conversation just uh. naturally broadened out to include other movies in the Oscar shake-up maybe it was just a, maybe I'm you know I'm ascribing too much forethought to the exchange maybe it was more just they they got they just they, they said all they wanted and to then say there was a, then there was the to, silence it was, it was yeah. almost like what do you do then there's only so yeah, much yeah. you can say congratulate. and then it's like well what about yeah. that other <laughs> Big Irish movie that's nominated for Oscars and so on. As for Chemical Croaks, Ken has been leading the charge to have them thrown out of the club championship for fielding a 16th man. What about that? Send him off! As much as we value Ken's thoughts on Gaelic Games administration matters, we thought we'd also call in the expertise of Michael Foley from the Sunday Times, as well as our regular brilliant analyst, Paul Flynn. From my own perspective, I've nothing against Croaks. I know loads of Croaks people and I, I, I was cheering for Croaks, right? Because I really love Paul Mannion and Rory O'Carroll right so I wanted to see them lads get over the line yes I still struggle with the fact that they had 16 men on the pitch at the end I just think it's, a, it's such a fundamental it, and I go back to the analogy I gave earlier on about the, about the, the Arsenal United game like just think about it for a second like, you can't have 12 on the pitch you can't have 16 on the pitch and you can't have one of them on the bloody goal line when the team are going for a goal like I just so I struggle with it even though I have nothing against Croaks so I think that you know you might have had a bit of a people on the fence you know uh, but I think it's universal because of the fact that people can kind of understand that you just can't it, it just it's, it's just not okay as well as the Croaks stuff it's kind yeah. of like yeah it's funny like the reaction to this it's pure live line stuff like you know it's pure uh, I mean, put it this way, right? The amount of people that are are so outraged and exercised about this now and for the last couple of days, they won't, most of them won't give a flying fazoo what the result is in this rematch. That there'll be no one at the match compared to the amount of people who are, who are interested in it now, right? Um, and it's just like, I, I, was just, I was a bit like Paul. I, I was like, am I outraged? I'm kind of out of rage. I don't really, like... It's just, it was just, and I do think the Kill McCutt thing plays into it. And for what I know of Kill McCutt over the last, God, when was the first? Actually, Kill McCutt was one of the first clubs I ever covered in this job, like 20 something years ago. So all the years dealing with them and, and kind of reflecting on their journey and how they've made, you know, what they've done with the club. They've done so much that other clubs can learn from. Right at the, at the fundamentals of in terms of how they've built their club, the, the numbers and finances and all the rest of it is an entirely different debate. But you're right, and the Shane Walsh issue, of course, plays into this. Um, but I I just believe I, on this one, it's that is another debate entirely. It shouldn't have anything to do with this. Like with 16 lads on the field, the way it's the way it's played out, the way it's been handled by the GA. Paul is right. Like I mean, ID in an ideal world, once kind of the whole thing starting to settle down Monday morning, you would have loved for the GA to come out at the at the top level and make us say, look, we're convening a meeting today, Director General, President, 
head of the CCCC. We're going to have a conversation about this and we're going to come up with, 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 a, with, a, with a suite of options that we can, that we can explore, right? At the very yeah. least, at the very least, like when you say, and Paul said it again there, like, and it was stri- striking me as well, all these people going, oh, the GA have to do something with this. The GA, what are, why aren't GA doing something? The GA, the GA is the referee. The GA is the fourth official. The GA is the CCCC. The GA is, is the two clubs. The GA is, is, uh, is the president and the DG. So like, who, someone needs to, so yeah, I mean, you'd love if there had just been a concentrated reaction from the GA just to take the, take, take the heat out of all of this, because again, you just like to, I mean, it's, I, the thing that's bothering me that, that, that why I'm not outraged by it is that there's no malice here, right? I mean, Kim McCudd didn't slip a 16 player on to try and see out the game. Well, Ken you know thinks I mean? they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Go, go back and listen to Monday's show, um, and, and the start of today's show. There are a few people out there who think there, there might have mental. been well, something to it. But mental, yeah. mental, right? So yeah. they didn't do that, right? Um, the referee didn't, you know, the fourth official. They obviously got caught in the moment or whatever if they, if they didn't see that the 45 should have been retaken. And beyond that, then, okay, you can kind of argue how the GA at an official level have, have operated or not operated since. But, like, by and large, it's just one of these very unfortunate situations that have developed. That's not to say that there shouldn't be root and branch review and changes made going forward. You would certainly like to see the substitution thing. Now, picture this in another couple of months. If they come up with some idea where, okay, the player has to leave the field completely before a sub can come on, which is pretty simple. Um, can you imagine now the mayhem and matches and managers going around, get him on, get him on, get him on. And there's a guy kind of traipsing off the field and he's staggering because he's concussed. And there'll be a whole other debate then about, well, that should have been just let straight on because he was injured. And so, ah, blah, 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 blah. People need to kind of get with this. Like, you know, if you want, if you want to avoid situations like this, there's a lot of other things around um, the organizing of a match that don't happen now that need to happen for, for it just to become a regular thing and something like a 16th man being on the field just being completely bizarre. And on that point, one of the things I always, you always remind me of this, the way, the, 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 some of the ambiguity that knitted into the real book is due to the fact that there's the inter-county game and yeah. then there's the junior club Yeah, game, the club. It's the same real book. Exactly. And, you know, you, you introduce a rule at one level and then you have to be able to implement it at the other. And that's where you know, it, it can sometimes become complex for the administrators and that's why they balk at doing that. So that that's probably um that's that's probably an important that's, point point to make in this. That's why that's why I think there's rigor room in that six point four four. Because it's one thing to say, well, we have, and I agree, I, I completely believe that it's an all-Ireland bloody final. Like, I mean, you have to, you have to address that game different than you would a junior club league game below where, uh, whatever, whoever, Clondro would finish up with 17 lads on the field by accident. And, uh, you know, there's an objection and, and, you know, the, the other, th- that's different. It is different, but there is a general, there should be a general set of rules that you would abide by to avoid situations like this. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Modern day coaching. What is it all about? Paralysis by analysis. Infiltrated by a load of spoofers and bluffers. Fellas with earpieces stuck in their ear. Psychologists, Clyde Woodworth, statisticians, dietitians, and as Mick O'Connell alluded to, God save us. Murph, the way the story has developed this week has led you to do a bit of soul searching. Yeah. Largely because as our Monday, as our listeners to this podcast might be aware if they listened on Monday to the other free to air show when you and Ken covered it, you weren't too convinced at all that it was going to go anywhere. If you were to plot the course of the story over the week, it would be bit of heat on Monday, fizzled out by Tuesday Dead by Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, Instead, it's gone completely the other dead way. Dead on arrival <laughs> yeah, by Wednesday morning. Yeah. And that's the exact opposite of what's happened. Um, and yeah, like there's, it's just one of these situations where the GA way, you know, just the way we do things meets the GA rulebook. And it turns out those two aren't uh, exactly compatible. And in fact, you could also, you could nearly say they're, in fact, entirely opposite. Mm. Um as I, 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 know, I can see that rules have been broken. Ken shouts at me on Monday for 10 minutes, rants and raves in my face. I'm wiping his spittle off my face. <laughs> Such is the anger with which he's shouting at me uh, about this. And it's obvious the rule has been broken. On the other hand, I've seen Kilmacud go up the steps of the... They've lifted the trophy. They've gone back they've to... They've done the speeches. They've gone back to the clubhouse. They've, they, you know, they've... They've done all the things that signifies that the game is over and yet it turns out maybe it's not over. Yeah. Uh, and so there is there's this, this idea in my head that, oh, well, there's a way to deal with this and, you know, Glenn they had their chance over the Maliki, minutes. The Malachi O'Rourke way, basically. Yeah, and well, it, what it didn't O'Rourke work out after the match. you shake hands and you move on. But the more you talk about it with people who aren't as wedded to the GAA way, mm-hmm. the more you realise well, the rule book is there and it has to mean something and having an extra player on the field for the deciding moment of the game is a pretty egregious example of... Get him off the field! The rule's been broken. <laughs> so, I mean, what does one what does one do, one? Well, one listens to the World Service chapter between Paul Flynn and Michael Foley in its entirety if they want to get a lot mm, more on this one. Very good. Also, yeah. the league starts up again very soon, so there'll be lots more Paul Flynn on the World Service. The football pod today featured a classic Ken Early metaphor. Eddie Howe as Dr. Frankenstein, anyone? Eddie Howe has made Newcastle uh, nasty. How nasty Newcastle became masters of the dark arts. Nasties in capitals. Eddie Howe is no longer Mr. Nice Guy after he spent time in Madrid studying... Studying what? Carlo Ancelotti? Studying Diego Simeone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a much better answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carlo, the loveliest man in football. So it says uh, um, they're the only um, team. Uh, he says uh, during his uh, 15 months out of the game, Eddie Howe spent time in Madrid. He did not return enthused by the artwork of Picasso, Dali and Goya. Just a bunch of pig scratching as far as he's concerned. It was the dark <laughs> arts of Diego Simeone, he had noted. 
Mm. You know, Eddie Howe standing in the Prado looking at like Goya or Picasso, you know, this tells me nothing about who does what to whom. Ultimately, who annihilates whom? You know, it doesn't. It says nothing to me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to get a black and white in Guernica, and it's fairly depressing. You know, I mean, not as much as watching Newcastle on the regular, but I mean, <sighs> Guernica. I call that results. Did they get results? <laughs> Did they get results or not? Tell me, Jesus what God. was it? Sorry, what was it? What was the result in the Spanish Civil War? Uh, Franco won. Republican? No, they, he was a Republican. What was the, the Nationalists? Um, the Republicans, the Republicans were the were the um, the other side, I th- right? I think right. The, the Spanish Republic was the defeated side. Yeah. Okay. So Franco won. Republicans nil. Mm. Well. Next question. You know, it's not it's not about like uh, you know Franco wasn't there to be popular. Mm. Um, the the article says they are clipping the wings of the established order and ruffling feathers while they are at it, <laughs> as Howe himself said, "We are not here to be popular." We are here to abuse chickens. Huh? No, no, he said he didn't say that. He said uh, we are here to compete. Yes. We're not here to be popular. We're here to compete. Just generally do things to the underside of birds. Birds, yeah. yeah just birds are going to get a real hard yeah, time. Yeah, the yeah. magpies. <laughs> no more. Yeah. No more uh, nonsense from the magpies. What other terrible things could we do to a bird? They're the only team to take points off league leaders Arsenal at the Emirates this season. They did so by running down the clock and winding up Mikel Arteta. They snarled and they smiled depending on which would provoke the most irritation. Um, this, I don't know if you saw the, the game, the Newcastle Southampton game, but there was a moment when the Southampton player got sent off for like a second yellow, a blatant second yellow card fouling Elton Maxman, who'd, who'd beaten him. And uh, he, for some reason, he complained a little bit. Uh, there had just been a kind of an incident before this. Bruno Gamares had been involved in quite a few little running battles, and he ended up getting... Um, fouled by Lianco, the Brazilian centre-half for Southampton, who then stood over him and kind of um, did some... Bruno was on, on the ground and Lianco kind of shouted down at him on the ground and then there was like some maximum I think got involved. There was like mm. players There's pushing each other. They were standing up for each views, other. Standing, yeah. up, standing up for each other. And um, then when this guy got sent off... Um, he was waved off the field, was the in a somewhat theatrical way by Jacob Murphy. Jacob Jacob Murphy, yeah, like as though he was standing on the balcony of Buckingham Palace, was giving it this wow. into the face of the guy who just sort of looked at him and was like, "I want to rip your head off, <laughs> but I can't do that, so yeah. I'm just going to have to." So this is uh, anyway. Um, in the hours after Tuesday's one 0 win at Southampton, with a move for Anthony Gordon gathering pace. We'll get to that. Travelling fans and the city's bars debated the merits of signing the Everton forward. Given he had scrapped with just about every Newcastle player during his side's 1-0 defeat at St. James's Park, many were against the 21-year-old's arrival. Others reasoned that was exactly why he would fit in. He's a shithouse, but he can be our shithouse, was the consensus of those in favour. So, um, it's like... uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, is that really the thing of the, about Anthony? Is he? Yeah, Gordon? I was going to say, is he that much of a shit house? I mean, he's like a skinny, like he wouldn't <laughs> be the most intimidating figure in the no. Premier League scene. I wouldn't have thought. I, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I suppose they've got guys like uh, Joe Linton to uh, you know look after him, but um, and how they love the cur- so they love Craig Bellamy. That it's mentioned here, Newcastle fans, not not Alan Shearer. He didn't love, love Craig Bellamy, but he, Bellamy was a popular player with fans, as he has been at most of his clubs because he's a very good player, really. Um, 
how they love the current vintage too. What Jacob Murphy did in waving goodbye to Southampton defender Dio Chaleta Char following his late red card was, it should be said, a little glassness. The Toon Army, by contrast, thought it was class. <laughs> Just like they did Callum Wilson scuffing the penalty spot before Alexander Mitrovic's slip and miss for Fulham this month. Jolenton listening in to Marco Silva's touchline instruction. The tactical injuries to eat of seconds or by how a timeout. And with increasing popularity, the antics of Jason Tyndall, the handsome assistant who turns ugly when needed. One of the coaches even launched a bottle of water at Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> so uh, Jerome Lascelles has been booked twice this season as a, as a substitute, sending like yeah. an, an, an non-blank Two substitute. games in a row. The handsome yeah. assistant who turns ugly when, when needed. needed. I have yeah. heard it noted that, that Tyndall often gets to the other manager first. Have you noticed this? This is uh, Paul Galvin. <laughs> Paul Galvin, the former Kerry footballer, has he's he's got he's taken again Tyndall for the last like three years. His uh, specific problem, which I think is what you're referring to, yeah. is that he gets to the opposing manager and has the handshake before Eddie Howe does. He goes out of his way to do it. Yeah, yeah. It, that does rub some people up the wrong way. It's not, listen, the, it's he, not the assistant manager's place. He'll get ugly when needed as well. Managers, he's handsome bastard. Managers go to managers. Assistant managers go to assistant managers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the crossover happens. Assistant manager to manager. <laughs> That's how it should be. Assistant manager. But Tyndall has eschewed tradition. It's kind of it's a it's another it's mind a game. Out. It's also, another like, mind game, isn't just it? Just take a couple of steps back. If Eddie Howe wants to talk to you, he can talk to you. But like you're up there in his grill for the whole game. Just sit down. Come on, get out of get off my screen, Tyndall. Tyndall. The Toon Army obviously like it. <laughs> They like it, do they? Um, no. uh, but uh, but uh, so just to continue, uh, an Everton sporting colleague, colleague moaned that Newcastle had quote kicked them off the park during their loss at St James's. Kicked off, played off. How's team are doing? Whatever is necessary to win a football match. Kevin Keegan's great side of the mid nineties, of course, were affectionately known as the Entertainers. Everyone liked them. What did they win? Nothing. Howe's quote about not being liked has since been woven into a giant flag unfurled on the Lisa's end. The manager, meanwhile, continues to stitch nastiness into the fabric of his team. I just have to ask, who hurt you, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, why? Where is, what, what's this all yeah. about? Like Frank, Frankenstein's creature, of, I, I think immediately of him because, you know, he is... You know this this kind of he, he turns on his creator, but like mm. not he wasn't like that to begin with. He becomes sort of embittered by you know what happened. Believe me, Frankenstein, I was benevolent. My soul glowed with love and humanity. But am I not alone, miserably alone? You, my creator, abhor me. What hope can I gather from your fellow creatures who owe me nothing? They spurn and hate me. Shall I not then hate them who abhor me? I will keep no terms with my enemies. I am miserable. And they shall share my wretchedness. That's why, of course, he made the Bride of Frankenstein the sequel. Well, that was—I think—that's come. That comes from the the bit where he's, it's it's he's beseeching Frankenstein mm. to create him a bride, mm. a creature like himself who will not shun him. Uh, but obviously, Frankenstein he he does that. But then he's like, I can't do this again. He's joking and <laughs> he destroys the the second creature, prompting a. A real outbreak. but again, you know, you can see with the with the with Frankenstein's creature, he has been first of all he didn't ask to be to be made, mm-hmm. and then he's rejected, 
and and shunned and driven driven into the shadows and he's you know he, even aesthetically speaking i mean could frankenstein have made a bit more of an effort you know taking a couple of bolts out of the neck you know i mean i'm just saying Sure, you created me, but... Filed but, off those bolts. Yeah, but I mean, like, could you not have just, like... The work continues. The bolts were functional, though, surely, yeah. weren't they? No, they were. They were keeping the whole thing were, together. No. They were. The aesthetic serves the prag- pragmatic, you know? I don't believe so. I believe that he could have filed the bolts down to something much more... Something that could have been hidden by a neckerchief, perhaps. Yeah. You know, mm, a little cravat. It's a big old heavy just, head to just keep try up and there. Think of Frank, yeah. Frankenstein's creature wearing a cravat inside uh, a neat shirt with the suit jacket. By the way, a slightly better fitted suit as well. Couldn't have killed the lad. <laughs> Meaning the legs stop like at the calves. Straight away, he's... I mean, there, there were a couple of small things that Frankenstein could have done to make the creature's life a little bit more amenable. Uh, the the passage into polite society a little bit more. But he wasn't thinking. You know, it was It was tunnel vision. It was, all just, the way. just get this thing up, get it working, and then we'll see what happens. And that's what, that's what killed him in the end. But, he, you know, from the point of view of the creature, you can understand why he feels so angry. It is unfair. And he's had to deal with, with all of these things, I mean, driven away and, mm. and, and um, into the, ma- the mountains and the forest. Sorry, my catwalk, uh, you know, stride isn't quite as uh, fluid as everyone else here, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I literally am a reanimated corpse. Really? So I'm sorry I can't run at, you know, 25 miles an hour. So when, when he's coming like, out with all this stuff, all this, you know, I'm malicious because I'm miserable stuff, at least you, you can kind of see where he's coming from. Eddie Howe only had to, all he had to contend with was like people saying he was maybe, his born routine was too nice <laughs> and questioning whether he could organize a defense. And, the, and now he's back in this, mm-hmm. you know, Given it all that, what was this saying at the press conference? I will revenge my injuries. If I cannot inspire love, I will cause fear, chiefly towards you, my arch enemy. To, to you, I do I swear inextinguishable hatred. I will work at your destruction, nor finish until I desolate your heart so that you shall curse the hour of your birth. How long was that? I'm just timing it. Was that about 11 minutes? And I think Simon's cut that short. That's, <laughs> that went even longer than that yeah, one. The, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not murdering Frank's a side. metaphor if you get it in under 15 minutes. Old. Yeah. That's the Ken Early rule. The golden rule. Secondcaptains.com, five euro a month plus VAT if you want to be a member of the Second Captains podcast. It's part of a creator network. Mm. It's the... It'll be the ACAST creator that's network. That's ACAST creator yeah. network. Oh, it's the, the name of the creator network is never far from my lips A-cast. and indeed my mind and my heart. It's the second time it's gone off. They never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important.